Upworthy Weekly, delivering the best of humanity every Saturday. Here's your hosts, Allison Rosen and Todd Perry. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Upworthy Weekly. My name is Todd Perry, the very high-energy host of this show. And with me is someone whose energy is even higher. It's even bigger. It's even greater. It's the wonderful Allison Rosen. Hello! It's so good to be here! Wow, I love it. You're bringing that QVC energy to the show that we need. I am so excited to be here on a Saturday! You know, everybody survived Friday, and now it's a Saturday, and people right now, I picture them maybe cleaning the house, maybe having a mimosa in their backyard, sitting with their dog. Maybe they're driving their kid to soccer, a soccer game or something, and I just picture people are doing things while listening to this show. So, you know, after listening back to many episodes, I just thought, man, we are best being too... Too laid back when this is a high energy kind of environment that people are listening to our show in. Um, <clears throat> listening to your uh, assessment of that has brought my energy down. I know I started up here, and then mm. suddenly, and you brought me down, Todd. It's you. It's you me? sucked the air out of there. It's you. I started up here, and then you talked, and then now I'm down here. It's Who? your, it's you. Anyway, I, that's a good question. And you know what? I say we toss that out to our many loyal weekend or week listeners. Are you guys doing something active when you're listening to us? Like this pastiche, this, uh, this scene that Todd's painting. Are you mm-hmm. driving your kids to soccer, drinking a mimosa, playing fetch with your dog? Or are you doing something more my speed? slumping over on the couch thinking I could still be sleeping. Why did I choose to get out of bed? That's, Hmm. that's just something about me, but drinking some coffee. You know why you had to get out of bed, Allison? Uh, why? To do the show? Cause you got kids. (laughs) I know. I know. And I do love them. I do love them. But if you are one of those people who doesn't have kids out there, cherish the fact that you can sleep in because uh, your days, if you're, if you're going to have kids, your days of <clears throat> lazing about are numbered, my friend. That's right. And, you know, on today's show, you know, normally on this show, we go over the biggest or most engaging stories that Upworthy does during the week. And it just so happened that on this week's show, I found a whole bunch of stories that were about parenting. So uh, we're going to be talking a lot about parenting on this show. So for the people over there who who have children, maybe you can relate. For the people who don't have children, here's the thing. Don't tune out because you know, you know why you're going to relate to this? Because you were once a child. That's right. That's most, right. It's like... Yeah, on childish we say it's for people with, uh, for people who are parents or people with parents. Yeah, and people have parents. Most people I know who are adults were once children. That's right. The vast, I I would say, a good ninety percent at least. Yeah. Um. So getting into this, uh, Allison, as a parent, in Mm. in in going over lots of the stories we had, I, I I often. I started off like I'm going to ask you a question, but then I'm answering the question myself. But just, just bear with me here. As somebody who kind of grew up in a single parent household, 
I feel like I've learned most of my parenting skills from watching television. Yes. There were a lot of great TV dads, you know, that I had on sitcoms growing up. Some of them maybe weren't great people, uh, we found out later in life. But uh, lots of them, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Theo! <laughs> you know, but but I feel like TV has had a big influence on me. You know, as a single man, I wanted to be Jack Tripper. As a parent now, I've got parents I look up to that were on sitcoms. But Alison Rosen, two questions. A, how would you describe yourself as a parent using somebody on a TV show? B, who's the parent you'd actually want to be like? I am having the hardest time thinking of who of which TV mom I am. And I posed this to my husband and he said, Peg Bundy. And I said, get out. (laughs) So I'm having a hard time thinking of who I am. I mean, my, my mind naturally goes to like just one of my favorite TV guardians, Mrs. Garrett facts Mm. of life. She, I mean, she's the quintessential television mom, even though she's not the biological mother of the girls at Eastland, but she is the mother figure. She's the maternal figure of, for all of them. And she is a mom. She has a son named Raymond. Uh, he's into music. And she's, you know, a little baddie. I think I can be that. But she cares and she gives advice. And she's lovable like me. And maybe she would have had a podcast too. Um, but, you know, I was thinking like, who are the ideal TV parents and they had their foibles, but I feel like the Keatons of Family Ties, I feel oh, like they yeah. struck a, a pretty good balance. And, you know, something that I think about often, and both as parents and as spouses, there was a specific episode where I remember that Elise Keaton was worried that Stephen might have been cheating, and she handled it super well. And by the way, don't read into this. I'm not concerned about Mm. what's going on in my marriage or anything. Um, But I just remember that she just played it super cool and like didn't get jealous. She didn't get possessive, and she just like kind of let things play out and was just very hands off and just very kind of like trusting and loving and was just going to, you know, see what happened. And I thought that is like someone who has a lot of self-possession. And uh, yeah, I just, I put Elise Keaton on a pedestal. Later in the TV movie, I think she played a psychopath. And I thought, what range for Meredith Baxter Bernie? And I admire that. What about you? You know, I feel like as a dad, I think I'm pretty Danny Tanner-ish full house. Oh, sure. Pretty goofy. He was good. Yeah, pretty goofy, but I think fair, you know. um, Yeah, so I I think I have a Danny Tanner vibe with as as I think. D-Tan. Yeah. Who, you know, sorry, but who, like... I'm thinking about it. Who are the ideal TV moms? There aren't that, like, there's a lot of fun, more well-rounded TV dads. Like, I'm drawing a blank for who the good TV moms are. I mean, my so-called life, those parents were okay. I think that the the Walshes were all right on 9210. Alice? Uh, Of the diner or of... uh, of the Brady Bunch. 
She was not the mother. She was the housekeeper. I'm sure she, you're right. Okay, so from Alice. Her and her and Sam uh, never consummated their uh, relationship, I don't think. Right. Sam the no. butcher. Uh, okay, so you're talking about Alice from the diner, whose son, I believe, was Joe from Facts of Life's real-life brother, Philip McKeon. Uh, c- correct. Uh, I think Alice, I think, was a Bonnie on a... You know, uh, one day at a time. Oh, one day at a time. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Romano. Yeah, I like. No. The, I like that all our parents. They're all from the eighties. There is like mm-hmm. you mentioned the Walshes from the nineties. Oh yeah, it's right. Full House nineties show. Uh, right, but there wasn't a mom there except for Aunt Becky. Later became yeah. a mom, but yeah. What about like who's the boss? Angela was she a good mom? I don't know. She she seemed inattentive and that she worked too much. I got to be honest. That's why Tony Danza had to kind of pick up some of the duties. You know, that's what I'm saying. There's not a lot of like we don't see this picture, this image of like great motherhood. Florence Henderson, I think, was a good mom on the Brady Bunch. Yes, of course, she would be like the ideal, right? Yeah, and uh, yeah, you know, but thinking of like the parent I wish I was. And mm. that that would have to be, it kind of piggybacks a little bit on your uh, Edna Garrett from earlier, but uh, Philip Drummond from Different Strokes. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, because he's got like, you know, he's he's bald but really looks great, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's super wealthy, right? Yeah. He's a, he's a single parent, but he, he's doing it right. He gets help from Edna, but the great thing is that like, I think this is like to me would be a perfect parenting situation because with with my wife and I were very egalitarian. But if I just had like some person I was paying to help raise the kids, then they could be right sometimes. But then if I wanted, I, I would I would get final say. You know, in mm-hmm. my in my own home, probably don't get final say that much. Right. You know, and uh, Mr. Drummond was was woke for his time, for a man his age and of his time. Mm-hmm. You know, right, to adopt two black children. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think that was pretty progressive, <laughs> yeah. even though he didn't look it, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. So, Allison, let's get to some stories in here. We got some parenting stuff, and I think we start off with something that it's, uh, was, was, was bigger than news this week, which caused mm, a lot of controversy. Yes. So let's, oh, let's hear gosh. it. Oh, my gosh. Well, get this. Kevin Federline, whom you may know as the former Mr. Britney Spears, released a video of Britney Spears chastising and scolding her two sons. And I think he released it like, look, she is being mean. And I don't know if he used the term abusive, but I think that's what he was thinking he was revealing, that she's being, like, too harsh to the kids. But it seemingly kind of backfired because a lot of people rallied around her saying, yeah, this happens sometimes. Parents use harsh tones with the children, and we have the audio. This is my house. If I want to come in here and give you lotion for your face because it is coarse and all you tell me, no, it's fine, it's fine. No, it's not fine. You all better start respecting me. Are we clear? Yeah. And when Robin calls and you're all, you're all even Robin. She goes, what have you been doing to your kids? You're all 
You all need to start treating me like a woman with worth. I am a woman, okay? Be nice to me. Do you understand? Yeah. So yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, arguably a lot of mixed reaction. Although I'm not seeing a lot of mixed reaction, I'm mostly just seeing people rallying around Britney, saying this is nothing. Uh, I've said things ten times worse to my own kids. This is how you people talked to, to uh, teenage boys. This is really no big deal. Um, my own personal reaction is it's not really that big a deal. Although I do, it's a little, it feels a little erratic in that, like, I don't know, you know, do they really have coarse skin? I mean, I suppose <laughs> moisturizing is important, you know, and also, it is important that they realize she's a woman with worth, but is that, I mean, it's more like she's their mother as opposed to a woman. I'm nitpicking. What's your reaction to it? <laughs> well, I think first, I think Kevin Federline obviously is a terrible human being for putting the wife of his kids on blast. Yes. Like that, first of all, that is, it doesn't matter how bad the video is. Kevin mm -hmm. Federline is worse for making it public, right? Yes. Uh, yes. Second, second take on this is, it's interesting that Britney Spears has such a hardcore Louisiana accent, being mm -hmm. that she's somebody that's been kind of in showbiz and in the public eye for many years, and usually that kind of coarse, very geographically specific kind of accent tends to go away after a while, which I think, right. well, doesn't she live in Vegas or something? I don't know. Yeah, I believe so she does now. So that's a little, like, or maybe, and I'll give her credit for this, maybe it comes out when she's angry. Mm. You know? Uh, I hear what you're saying, but if you listen to her speak in various interviews, it seems that she, it, it, I think she's hanging on to it. It seems oh. to be there often. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I just, mm -hmm. I just wonder, like, you know, if you put me in England for 20 years, eventually I would sound like Patrick Stewart, you know? I mean, right. not as, not as refined, Debonair. obviously. Yeah, maybe yeah. I, I, you know what? I'd sound more like the people who live in the basement on Downton Abbey. <laughs> Hello, Hello, Governor. Need some more pudding? You know, I, I'd be like them. Uh, yeah. But so, okay. All that aside, and I think that she's she's being stern with her kids, and people need to be stern with their kids, especially when you have teenage boys, who I'm sure, being the teenage boy of Britney Spears, comes with certain uh, certain perks to that, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's also right. kind of funny, she wants to be respected as a woman and her worth, and it's like, she's worth like $500 million, right? And it's, <laughs> I know. Right? Can't she I, hire know, honestly, somebody to yell at her kids? You know, <laughs> it it's it's both relatable and a little bit sad because it's like, oh my gosh, she has five hundred bazillion dollars. She's Britney. Well, I mean, but also like sidebar, she's been through hell. Yes, yeah, with the ever with the conservatorship and everything like that. But it's like, no matter where you are, you're still like. I am a human being with worth. Please acknowledge that yeah. to your own children. You know, that's a fight. When do you have stop fighting that fight? Um, but I get it. 
I, I just, it, to my own reaction is just that, that thing of like, I am a woman with worth feels like something that you, that battle you have with someone who is your peer more than your child, you know? Yes. But that's just, but that's like a small, a small side point. You know, Brittany could be projecting given everything else that she's dealt with in life mm-hmm. on the kids too. It's like, why don't someone right. just respect me? You know? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, yes. But I think that she was fine. The one thing is, I will critique a little bit. She's like dropping F-bombs on the kids. And, I, you know, mm. I think, I don't know. Like, I try not to curse in front of my kids, you know. But that's, I mean, but in the end, like, they're going to hear it anyway. So maybe it's not that big of a deal. But because it, it just messed shows up a, recently. Huh? Didn't you? And I said, we know you messed up on that one recently, right? Oh, yeah. Didn't you I with the did. phone call? Yeah. Oh yes, yes I did when I yelled when I yelled at somebody for trying to scam me, and then mm-hmm. and but then the great thing was my kid was like, oh totally fine man, the guy's trying to screw you like, <laughs> I I loved it. He had the completely like great reaction, which he was on dad's side here. Like dad, fine, don't let him f with you, dad. You know, I, I I deserve respect as a woman, not to be scammed. Uh, but yeah, I think that the, all of this makes Kevin Federline look like a terrible human being. And again, I think that historically, you know, like uh, Wesley Snipes famously said, always bet on black. And that was like his line. And I think always bet on Britney. I think whenever mm. you criticize Britney in the end, Britney's going to end up coming up. You know, you know, every, yeah. every, all the haters have, you know, had to drink their own haterade because Britney has thrived. And um, yeah, I think you just don't go up against Britney, you know. Yeah, don't. K-Fed, get, get your ass together. Upworthy Weekly. TV anchor parents narrate baby's diaper changes like a news segment, and it's hilarious. A TV newscaster couple turned their baby's day into a news segment, and it's cracking us all up. Jeanette Reyes from Fox 5 DC and Robert Burton from ABC 7 DC lit up Twitter with the hilarious segment that documented the baby's sleep, the weather, diaper changes, and more on the Baby News Network. Well, let's hear it. Good morning, Bella. It is 9.52. Hopefully you slept well. Certainly no one else did, but we're not going to point any fingers. Let's hand it over to Robert Burton for more on your weather. Well, JR, beautiful day outside, as you can see. Temps in the mid-80s. No humidity. Will we get to enjoy it? Well, if spit-ups, feedings, and diaper changes don't get in the way, we just might be able to make it out of here before midnight. Well, speaking of diaper changes, we have some breaking news. An explosion at the diaper station. Fortunately, no injuries have been reported, and authorities tell us they do have a suspect in custody. Unfortunately, that suspect is not speaking at the moment, but they have linked her to hundreds of other explosions. Well, JR, is she considered a flight risk? No, look at her. Why is he and no, look at her. They were pointing at the baby in the uh, bassinet mm. there. Uh, right. Couldn't that baby can't walk? Mm-mm. No, no flight risk. Oh, she can't even talk. Yeah, I think that I think the uh, video resonated with people because it shows again, kind of like Britney Spears, that even these TV anchor people who are known for being totally composed can have their life completely disrupted by a, a, a child's uh, GI tract, and <laughs> and so the the video got me thinking that yes, even 
though these people are totally dignified, they've probably had to deal with the indignity of changing uh, multiple diapers over the course of their lives and how that is a humbling thing that I'll have to deal with. And so on top of this cute video, I was thinking about, it reminded me of when my kid was a little baby and I had to deal with the greatest diaper disaster of all time. Oh, wow. What was it? Well, he was about one and a half. Now, this is going to get detailed, okay? So anybody listening right now that can't handle a little diaper talk, just... If you're having lunch, yeah. Maybe skip the next two minutes. Stick with the show, though. Don't don't go listen to the BuzzFeed podcast right. or whatever. You know what? This would be a great time to leave us an Apple review. Apple right. podcast oh. review. That's Five right. Stars. Yeah, you've got the app open. Five stars only. So... The kid is like one and a half, and the, one of the cool things about my job and everything, at the time I was just working as a freelance writer, so I got to spend a lot of time parenting and, w- and with my child while my wife was at work. So I was taking him to the woman at the end of the block who w- would watch him for a couple hours during the day. And so I was getting him ready, and he had you know the zip-up pajamas with the footy, right? So I- I'd call this a closed system, right? <laughs> Sealed, hermetically sealed. Hermetically sealed. So I got the kid, you know, one and a half. I got him on the changing table, and I notice, oh no, he's he's had a uh, blowout up okay. the back poo, as we call it. Mm, yeah. So as I'm trying to get him out of the onesie, you know, there's only one way out, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm unzipping him, slowly unzipping him, and I notice that the. The poo has made its way into the uh, into the suit, you know, and so I'm trying to, <laughs> so I'm, I'm pulling him out, and he has it on his body, on his chest, mm-hmm. on his legs. And I was like, oh, sure. and of course goes goes to say, you know, the the smell was terrible, and the child was covering poop, and I was like, okay, I've got to eventually start working, you know, I've got to get. So sometimes you're only way out of a situation like this is to bathe the kid. You know, yeah. like, just throw, throw him in the bathtub. Sometimes. So, yeah. So Always. I, I, I get him out, I get him out, and he's got poop on him, and there is an... I'm unsure how much, but there's a fair amount of poop inside of the pajamas I just pulled him out. <laughs> and oh, uh, uh, it's also, it's green poop. Mm. Okay. How old was he? It's baby green. He was like one and a half. Mm-hmm. Are you judging my parenting? No, 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 no. I'm just no. I was uh, uh no. I'm I'm judging his poop. Okay. No, okay. not at all. Okay. No, into the bath is where is where he has to go at this point. So en route to the bath, he takes three fingers. So like oh. let's let's say I'm doing Scout's Honor with my hand yeah. right now. Maybe a peace okay. sign, but with the ring finger. Kinda extra, sure. Yeah. So three. He 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 grabs the poop Uh-oh. off oh, his chest. No. Wipes mm. it on no. his cheek. No. Oh, I thought he was going to wipe it on you. Okay. Like war paint. So he had green oh. poop spread with the fingers like he was going, he was like some kind of warrior and, and he spreads it on his face. And so now it's like, oh no, it's like he was in an indie rock band from 2004. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Or like um, Gigi Allen. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. So go, uh, go all the way back to the classics. I, I get him in there, 
and I start washing them down. I'm like, and it smells. Right. And, and then after I dry them off, I take them back to the changing table to put his clothes Uh-oh. on. Right, because uh, I already know where this is headed. What I did was I, I, through the craziness of getting him out of the clothes and everything, I dropped the pajamas on the floor. Of and course. I looked yes, down. Yes, that's. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! And I saw my dog Scout. Ah! Uh, eating the remnants and licking no. his dog lips. Oh God! And then I just like I just melted down at that moment, and I. And Scout's the one who you still have, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. And so I was just like, at that point, I was just, I was just reduced to nothing as a human. You know, did you and cry? I almost did. What I did was I, uh, I had a saying with my my wife that quote, "I'm gonna go be a '70s dad," which usually meant like you know he goes out for a pack of Marlboros and decides maybe he's not gonna come back, right? And like that was acceptable back then. Yeah, and then I think I was that, and then also like I'm I'm selling the child on on Craigslist, you know? Right, right. So, that was that was a humbling experience. Yeah, there's certain situations where you're like, I have to see this through. I can't abandon this. Mm-hmm. What do I do? And that's one of them, unfortunately. Just power Ugh. through it. Just got to power yeah. through it. Close yeah. your nose. And then I just remember I'm walking. I got the kid in the stroller and I'm taking him up the block and I just see the dog looking so satisfied on the couch. Oh, just like, so disgusting. And I'm like, oh, how Never. long until you were affectionate with your dog again? Oh, till I kissed him on the lips. I think it was yeah. <laughs> had to, had to be a day or two, you know. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Dogs are like so similar to us, but then sometimes <clears throat> so not the same. Specifically regarding things that they find appetizing. Allison Rosen, is there a diaper disaster <laughs> that stands out in your mind? Can- I mean, I cannot follow that. I cannot. The, the, it's like the aristocrats. Upworthy Weekly. All right, Allison, what you got? Well, a mom divides the internet with the revelation that she makes her seven-year-old pay rent and bills. Can you even handle it, Todd? Mm. A mom on TikTok. And again, last week I talked about the fact that when we talk about someone on TikTok, it's always like a mom whose video got 2.7 million views. It's never like a mom whose TikTok video was seen by friends and a few coworkers. So once again, it was seen by 2.7 million people. Her name's Crafted and Cozy. Uh, it sparked debate because she charges her seven-year-old rent and bills. Uh, and I think we have the audio. TikTok. I have a parenting hack. It is something that I've incorporated in my household for the past two months, been extremely successful. I have a seven-year-old. He has a daily task list that he must complete on a daily basis. Should he complete everything on his task list, he gets a dollar per day. At the end of the month, he realizes that he has bills to pay. He pays those bills to me. He has his rent, he has electricity for his room, and he also has his internet for his iPad. He then understands that throughout the month, he has two buckets. He has his fun money and his bill money. It is up to his responsibility to categorize his money and where he's going to put it into those buckets before the end of the month. I don't do anything with his money, but put it right back into his savings account. It has taught him the value of a dollar and responsibility. 
I'm so pleased with the results. Hopefully it's something that can help you out as well. So as she said, she charges him $7 a month and then $2 for Wi-Fi and $2 for electricity. And she says she's really pleased with the results. It really works wonders. He has his fun bucket and then he has his bucket for savings. And it's really teaching him financial literacy, which she says they don't teach in school. Uh, I don't know. You know, and, and the comments are really mixed on this. So some people feel like this is... And I tend to be kind of in this category. This is just a little much for a seven-year-old. Um, at the same time, I understand that this is trying to uh, teach these values early. Um, I feel like you got the rest of your life to be saddled with this kind of stuff. But I don't know. Maybe for the child, it would be kind of fun. I mean, I know that uh, for for Elliot, he has a piggy bank and he likes you know, he actually went through a phase where he would walk around saying, do you, is there anything I can do? Like, is, you know, what, what, and he, he wanted to do chores to earn coins and to put them in his piggy bank and stuff. And then he likes being able to count out how much he has and, you know, go to Target and get some things. So maybe I should uh, institute something more like what this mom has done. What do you think? You know, it's kind of funny. My child also, he's got his little, little bit of little money stash, what he doesn't realize is that sometimes the tooth fairy steals his money and gives it back to him. <laughs> oh, I see. Because you know, who, who carries cash anymore? And, you know, the kid's tooth comes out and the, the tooth fairy goes, right. the, the, the the tooth fairy talks, What's I don't know what the male version of fairy is. The, uh, the, two, the two tooth fairies have a discussion in the Perry household mm-hmm. and say, do you have any cash? No. I think I have some change in my car. <laughs> what do we have? <laughs> and so it's like, I know where there's cash. Right. Uh, so my thought is actually, you know what? I, I, my thoughts mirror yours. I think at seven, it's a little early again to be saddling a kid with all that. I think the woman's heart is in the right place, but mm-hmm. it's also, it's really setting a kid up to be like, there's a cruel world out there that you're going to have to live in. And I think you could you can introduce that a little bit later in life, you know? right? I I, I do like the idea. Fairly of, innocuous, you know. though. Yeah, I my wife and I have one rule about like money with kid, and we we always say we we never say we can't afford that or that's too much money or on payday or like stuff that our parents were like the types that were always kind of crying poor about no matter mm-hmm. what. And it would be, mm-hmm. oh, we don't have enough money for that. Oh, that's so expensive. Or act, like acting stressed about money or fighting right. about money. Like we we never do that at all. You're like if the kid wants something really expensive, then, you know, hey, maybe you can work your way towards it. Or we'll say something, but we don't want the kid to grow up with some kind of money stigma, mm-hmm. you know, that – of that kind or putting that kind of like stress on a kid I think is right I think is wrong right. and and as a kid it was yeah I always heard that stuff from like all mm-hmm. three of my parents I heard that kind of stuff we don't have the money for this or we're saving for a retirement or and it was I don't know it put a real like negative sheen on money when you could look at money in a positive way and and develop you know positive feelings about it and everything mm-hmm. uh so that's that's kind of one rule we have about money with the kid that's good. Yeah, we I worry that we have not put enough limits on 
getting toys and things like that because oftentimes and maybe it's a pandemic thing like Elliot will say can I get a toy and it's like toys are so cheap at this point that it's like you want a very cheap piece of plastic that we can order on Amazon sure (laughs) you know yeah so but but we don't I don't want him to get to to have this notion that you can anytime you want something for nothing yes you can have that I just sort of have this sense that like that's not the best lesson it should be attached to something yeah um and then occasionally it will be something where where it's too expensive or it is expensive so then you know we we have somewhat introduced the idea well that kind that does cost a lot of money so I don't know we we sort of figure out like what how we like I like that you guys are kind of on the same page and you have a, a philosophy for how you want to handle these things. We we need to figure out how we want to handle it. Great, great. I'm glad I could be a good example of parenting. Thank you to you, Thank Alice you. And Rosen. Yeah, oh. you're a real Philip Drummond. Upworthy Weekly. <laughs> Scientists are okay now. Oh, now we're getting away from the parenting stuff, folks. Thank goodness. We've stopped being know-it-alls. You know, actually, Allison, before uh, we get to this next story, I'd like to know if you can possibly direct an MP3 of this to the Sanctimonious Moms of LA mothers group that you're on, because I'd like to get some (laughs) of their feedback about our opinions on parenting. Oh, my gosh, yes. I can't wait to hear what they have to say. I'm sure they're not going to appreciate what we have to say. No? No. Damn it. I just want their acceptance, you know. Of course, everyone wants that, but that they don't—they don't give it out, not to people like us. Scientists are planning to resurrect an animal that's been extinct since 1936. The Tasmanian tiger became extinct nearly a hundred years ago, but scientists want to resurrect the Australian marsupial. The striped carnivore roamed the Australian bush, but the last. But the last known Tasmanian tiger died in captivity in 1936. Humans were one of the main causes of the extinction of the animal as they hunted it to the point of extinction after blaming it for livestock losses. An ambitious project now aims to resurrect the animal using ancient DNA retrieval, artificial reproduction, and gene editing, among other things. Now, What does it look ta- like? Yeah, I'm about to explain it here. Theater of the mind, Allison. Close your eyes. Well, and... my God, could you take a little longer, please? Close your eyes and imagine you're in a bookstore in Santa Monica. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Are you going to leave me in a hammock again or in a cave with a... Wait, what happened last time? You left me in a cave with a bear? Yeah. Yes. All right, here we go. This I am time... closing my eyes. I want to go on a journey. <laughs> you're going to go to Australia and be lost in a cave with a Tasmanian tiger. Uh, okay, here, I'm going. I'm, I'm on my way. I, I got my tote bag. You're on Qantas. <laughs> Airlines? Yes. And Qantas, as you know, you're very relaxed on the flight because you know, according to Rain Man, <sighs> Qantas has never crashed. Great. You arrive in Australia and you walk around thinking, Australians, they're just like Americans. But they're not because we said that on a show recently and somebody got mad at us on Twitter and said, no. Oh, I didn't see that tweet. No, we are very different from one another. 
And so then I got back to him and I said, well, actually, don't you know that Australians are the best at playing Americans? Hello, Margot Robbie. Hello, those Hemsworth people. And hello, I'm getting this sing-songy Alison Rosen thing in my voice because I've heard you speak too much. Anyway, so a Tasmanian uh, tiger. Well, hello, I didn't know I spoke like that. And hello, second point, was I not tagged in all these tweets because I didn't see them? I don't know. I must gotta, not have been. I, I don't know. It was an early morning conversation because oh, Australians. I, I early, early morning. They're like on the other yeah. side of the planet. Mm. Right. It's like right. Christmas now there, and they're listening mm. and they're getting ready for Christmas. That and song you love that sucks. Right. They're already listening to All I Want for Christmas is You, Blech. and it, it's snowing, and Blech. you flush the toilet, and if you put it's soup the other in way. it, and it goes the other way. <laughs> Right, right. Their gazpacho spins the other way yeah. when they flush. That that sounds like a really good euphemism to use for someone. His gazpacho spins the other <laughs> way. <Yeah. I> know. <laughs> right, but what does it mean? I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna use that though. Just I, the, honestly, it's why it's like why it's why he didn't want to date me. His <laughs> gazpacho spins the other way. That's right. That's right. So the Tasmanian tiger, it has like it has a wuzzle quality to it. It's like different animals uh, stuck together. Oh, one second, we have a visitor. Is it a Tasmanian tiger? What? Yes. Oh, can I have some food? Oh, you want some food? Do you want to tell the audience? Boopy doopy. <laughs> He has this one thing to say to the world, and he says, poopy doopy. Okay, take Archie out, and when I'm done, I'm going to give you food, okay? Okay, and I want to listen to your podcast. And you want to... Oh! He said, I want to listen to your podcast. You're the first person (gasps) in the family. (laughs) Hi. Oh, he can't... Hello, Dex. He can't hear me, but hello. Please leave us a nice review. Five stars. And... And I'm going to first grade. You are? Boopy doopy. Boopy doopy. Boopy doopy. Boopy doopy. Poopy doopy. Boopy doopy. Okay. Sorry, sorry, listeners, for that moment of indulgence here. You know, he's he's not going to get his food. You know why? Why? Normally, when I bring him into the studio, we talk a lot about formatics, how to set up a topic, how to crack the mic successfully. And this is so disappointing to me right now. This is, what, has he not learned anything? I thought he did great. He'll he'll never. I thought, no, that was good because he introduced the poopy doopy and then he really leaned into it. I liked it. Um, So the Tasmanian type. Okay. Tasmanian yes. tiger here. Arr, tiger. Uh, it, it has a wuzzle quality to it where it's kind of like there are multiple animals that were just like put together. It was kind of like God uh, really got uncreative at a certain point. which is like, ah, okay, I'm going to take, you got like the back is like a zebra. I got the tail of a possum. Uh, I'm going to take a dog's face and I'm going to give it sharp teeth. That sounds so cute. Uh, on behalf of the listener who might be unfamiliar, not me, because mm. I wrote my thesis on wuzzles. What's a wuzzle? Oh. A wuzzle 
is like was a TV show that they had. I think in the, in the mid eighties, late eighties, and it was all these different animals. Like there was like a hippopotamus, and a hippopotamus was like a hippopotamus with like rabbit's feet. Oh, how cute! Yeah. How did I miss the wuzzles? And there was like a rhino key, which was like a rhino. monkey that had a rhino head on it. Ooh, I have a fun game in the middle of this show and your story. Tell me a wuzzle and I'll guess what it is. Okay. What animals made up the bumble lion? Well, a bumblebee and a lion? Great. See, it wasn't that complex of a show, Allison. <laughs> they weren't. I... <laughs> it wasn't like we're going to take a tapir or like an emu. Yeah. You know. Right. Clearly. What would a f- a, a flangaroo be? A kangaroo and a flamingo. Oh my god, you're right. And you know, it could have gone either way. It could have also been a flea and a kangaroo. What about a kangaroo? <laughs> also, it's sort of like um sort of like those like doodles. Some mm. of them it could be like my brain's not working right now, but like a Morky could also be called like a Yaltese. What? I don't know. Yeah, you can call it either thing. It's a designer animal. Anyway, these, um, whatever, these wuzzle, this Tasmanian, whatever it is, sounds super cute. Sorry. Yeah. I'm glad there, at first I was like, why are you bringing this back when there's so many other cool things you could bring back? But now I'm on board. I would like one of these. They sound ferocious, but cute. Now, here's the thing. With these guys that are bring, bringing back the Tasmanian tiger. Um, uh, that's right. There's part of me that's a little bit like, you're playing God. You know, we shouldn't do that mm. as, as humanity. We shouldn't, you know, which has always been something I've wanted to do in life is just to yell at somebody you're playing God. I haven't had the opportunity right, yet because yeah. people I don't know tend to play well, now God. Now you're getting it. Yeah. But now mm-hmm. now's the time. Allison, you're playing God with your flangaroo. Um. <laughs> so I'm a little I'm a little weird about that, but then again, there's part of me that's just mm-hmm. like, you know what? Humanity, we've done enough weird stuff to the environment. We've done enough weird stuff to ourselves. Why not just start repopulating the earth with old extinct stuff? You know, who cares at this point? I think sure. we're we're at the weird part it's, of humanity. It, right this now. is end times. Yeah. Right. This is our final act. Yeah. Why not do whatever, you know? This is last call for yeah. humanity. Yeah. It's like fun and games at the end time. Let's push it, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. My thing is just you have the ability, but you're not bringing back dinosaurs. What's wrong with you? Well, Don't you think? Well, Come because- on. Like, I'm so, I want to know, do they get the colors right? Because in all the books, it's pretty muted. And how do we know that's right? I would like to know. Well, I think they're not muted because, well, I mean, as Jurassic Park evolves into like Jurassic World and Jurassic Galaxy, Jurassic Dimension, all these things, they tend to get brighter colored as as time moves on. Like they were kind of muted in the early days, but they've kind of become brighter colored. Mm-hmm. So I don't know whether that's just running out of ideas or it's right. just they're just following the science. Well, we have, I mean, if we could resurrect them, we could find out so if you could bring back 
any extinct animal, it would be it would be the dinosaur, is what you're saying. A hundred percent. No question. But I feel like that's what everyone... It's like when you say to someone, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Anyone who chooses anything other than flying, I feel like is needs... Uh, try again. Being invisible would be cool. Living forever, of course, cool. But flying would be the coolest. So, and I just feel like everyone should choose flying. Everyone should choose dinosaurs. I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd pick something like, you know, ability to communicate with fish. Fish? Yeah. You think fish have anything interesting to say? Who knows? We haven't talked to them. What if you choose that and it turns out they don't, though? What if it's just like... But more fluid. No pun. I feel like they'd have zip. I'm like, what do you think you're gonna get from a fish? I'm a pop pop fish with the pop pop face, and I spread my jammy wheelers all over the place. That is way more advanced than a fish is gonna say. It's time to rate your week. Have something great happen this week that you just have to share with the world? Tell us about it by emailing us at UpworthyWeekly at Upworthy.com. Allison, on a scale of one to five, one being great, five being awful, how was your week? This week has been a real mixed bag because on the positive side, well, I'm going to give this week a three. No, I'm sorry. I'm going to give it a two. No, I'm sorry. I'm going to give it a one. This has actually been a terrible week. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the laugh of delirium. uh, This week has actually been awful. This has been a true horrendous week. But uh, Elliot started kindergarten, and that has been great, and that's been going very well. So that part was good. But at the same time, um, my dad had a heart attack and has been in the hospital. And that has been very intense and scary and sad and awful. Um, things right now are going better, though. And it's, it's looking um, okay. So that's good. Um, but it has just been an intense roller coaster of thinking when he initially had the heart attack thinking like oh it's just a you know because he didn't lose consciousness or anything and it seemed like it was just like a minor little it's going to be like a nothing in and out kind of thing and then seeing that oh actually it's like a little bit more grave than we thought it's just been like I have not slept much I've been uh, at the hospital quite a bit and uh, it's just been I don't know that there's like a convenient time for grief but this feels both my sister and I are just like, I don't want it. And it, thankfully, we are. It doesn't seem like anything dire is about to happen. But both of us are just like, I don't want to deal with this right now. I I just don't want to. It's like I, I just don't have it in me. I like, no, I don't. Please. No. You know, and I'm not a religious person, but I have been praying Uh, you know, just any anything. I'll do anything just to like stave off having to go through what I do not want to go through. Uh, I don't want to experience losing a parent right now. So, yes. um, yeah, I would say this week, no thank you. It, I did not enjoy it. 
Well, are you a better person <laughs> than you were? Um, I think I'm, I'm, I'm probably the same, probably the same person, maybe like incrementally better in terms of like, um, you know, I, I, I've been dealing with life stuff and that gives you more of a well-rounded perspective on stuff, but I'm like pretty much the same. Uh, so yeah. What about you? Todd, on a scale of one being my week and five being great, how was your week? I had like a 3.5. And if it, okay, I, well, anybody listening, don't think I'm being callous here after Allison had a terrible week, then saying, oh, you know, our week wasn't so bad. Allison and I talked about her uh, father's yeah. health situation we well, be- well before the show began and um, talked about that. And that's why we began the show trying to be super high energy because there was <laughs> bummer news floating around. So, yeah. Uh, my week actually, you know, uh, it was very busy because my son was home with me all week because my wife is starting school again at work. So I was like working and parenting and, you know, no no free time and constantly busy. So it's one of those weeks that just went by and you go, I don't even know what I did this week. I don't know what happened. But I did see two movies I really liked. First was Elvis, the new Baz Luhrmann oh, film. I need to see that. Thought it was fantastic, and I, 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 am a sucker. I love, I love Elvis, but I just thought it was. It's very tough to get the essence of somebody that's so well known and such a part of pop culture and American culture and world culture, and to make it convincing. But they did a great job of explaining how he came to be who he was, and reminding everybody of why he was such a, uh, you know, groundbreaking performer. And so I like that. And then there's a movie called Bodies, Bodies, Bodies I saw this week. Yeah, what is that? It starts... The, the thing is, I I was telling a buddy of mine, I go, lots of times great movies, you know they're great when you can't explain them because that'll mm-hmm. ruin it because it's kind of unique. But it's with uh, America's Boyfriend, Pete Davidson. Oh. But the yes. film... And it's kind of a horror thriller thing, which is also kind of a satire. And it does a very good job of kind of sending up Gen Z mores. And there's a lot of great moments there where they, they kind of have fun making fun of Gen Z and some of their foibles. So I, I thought it was a really good movie. And it was actually, it worked as a satire, but also worked as a thriller and as a tense film. So it really is it delivered. Scary? But like thriller or horror? More thriller, I'd say. Because I am someone who scares very easily, and I don't like things that are like disturbing. Should I see it? I think you think you'll be fine with it. Okay. There's a little bit of blood, but it's not too bad. But I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was. uh, I thought it was thought provoking and and really well done. Uh, It's a smart movie about dumb people, which is. That sounds good. That's it. Oh. I would also love to know, and I think the audience wants to know as well. Are you a better person, Todd? Uh, yes, I will say I am, and I almost always am. And maybe that's just me being a total narcissist or something. But I mm. it was two things. I started head coaching AYSO soccer this week, Look which is a stretch. Co- Not just coaching, but head coaching does that mean you coach other coaches what what is what does a head coach do i'm the i'm the head like before i was an assistant coach last year oh okay. uh, and now i have my own team 
with my Book son on it. That. Wow. A bunch of six-year-olds. And <laughs> the thing is that I think it's something that I feel kind of goes against my identity as a human because I kind of mm. see myself as kind of a goofball and mm. not some somebody who is comfortable taking things seriously or being seen in a position of authority or whatever. But as a coach, you got to be like, all right, kids, let's do it. And there's a, a level of sincerity to it. And there's an importance yeah. in your teaching sure. kids. And so I, uh, trying to find that part of me. And so I think, I think that made me a better person because I have to kind of get out of my comfort zone a bit to do it. That and it was really damn hot this week and running around with a bunch of six year olds was making me super sweaty. And then second of all, I've talked about the mou- the the mice that have been disturbing my home, and I found one alive inside of an umbrella, <gasps> an umbrella holder, an umbrella container, like yeah, umbrella holder, an umbrella stand. holder, umbrella stand, umbrella stand. Like my my grandma had had one, and so I just have it in the garage, and I was getting a bucket to feed what my tortoise. What an old mouse! Yeah, <laughs> and I look the stories I could tell. I look and I see there's a little brown mouse inside mm. of the umbrella stand and it was trapped there and i was like oh hmm Hmm. i can do whatever i like to this poor guy so i thought about it and my wife i was texting my wife she's just like kill it kill it make it dead make it bleed you know so i dropped a little apple in there because i thought he might be hungry oh he was stuck in there and then my son came Uh. out it was like Uh. mousy i love you and i was like but it needs to go dude Go so, where? To mouse heaven or like just out of your house? Please tell me there's a happy ending to this story. The, the mouse, mouse the mouse needed to go uh, to Los Alamitos, California. So I uh, I took I put a trash bag over the umbrella holder. Uh-huh. And I drove it like down the block over like there's like a the, the border of Los Alamitos and Long Beach where I live mm-hmm. and I drove him over and I, I, I have a video of this. It's, it's kind of cute because it's like my son is crying because he's like, I'll never see you again. Oh, oh. I, oh you saved a mouse, but, but depressed your child. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> he was crying for a half an oh hour God. after because he wanted to keep it. And I was like, yeah, mice have everything. They have like monkey mm-hmm. pox. They've got right. you know, fleas, ticks, Lyme disease, whatever. The yeah. mouse has got all of it. It's not staying in our home and we don't need another damn pet. Uh-huh. So anyway, I let it go and um, yeah, it was fine. So there we go. Does your wife know you did this? That yes. you, 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 your, your wife, old Lady Macbeth? Yeah. <laughs> old, 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 uh, Old old Miss Perry. But yeah, I, I did, I let her know that I dropped it off like a half mile away. So yeah. should it find its way back, then it was meant to be. Right. Oh, you gave it an apple. That's so sweet. I'd like to thank everybody for listening to the Upworthy Weekly Podcast. I'd like to thank Allison Rosen, uh, who, even though she's having a hard week, came and wasn't low energy. And we whipped her like a donkey and made her work. Uh, while she's stressed and I hope that at least hanging out and doing the show uh, was a good time for you during a hard time it certainly was a donkey to me that's half duck half donkey Upworthy Weekly was produced by Todd Perry follow Upworthy on all socials at Upworthy Allison is on Twitter at Allison Rosen and Todd at Todd A. Perry that's Todd with one D 
questions, comments, or to tell us about your amazing week, email us at UpworthyWeekly at Upworthy.com. I'm Marley Balin. Have a great week.